Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 379. Today is July 11th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, today I'm out and about. I'm recording this episode and might be getting uh, some background noise. I'm not sure to what extent you're going to hear it, but I did want to get out an episode because I continue to hear from people that are really worried about the volatility. Hey, that is just the personality of the market that we're in. The year 2022 is simply characterized as a year of high volatility. Sometimes that happens. Hey, 2022 is a transition year. We're moving from the pandemic excesses into an economy that's going to be more regionalized, and that comes with advantages and disadvantages. I believe a great deal of opportunity exists, and it's a matter of structuring a portfolio to move into the sectors of the economy that will be incentivized by the long-term trends that are in effect. So really, this is just a matter of deciding during this transition period of whether you want to be in the market or be out of it. I think it's important to stay in the market because so many of the issues and problems we see right now, as I've talked about many, many times, they're not existential threats. It's all about policy decisions, and those policy decisions can change overnight, just like we've seen the Europeans backing away from some of their hardcore green stances and, you know, starting to even use not only more fossil fuels, but specifically coal to generate energy in Germany. That's a huge policy change. It happened overnight. Nobody would have predicted that two years ago. So changes can occur abruptly. When they do, you could get a significant market bounce. I don't know if that'll happen in regards to the situation in Ukraine or the supply of oil and natural gas or any of the other major issues that are affecting the marketplace right now. But I do think long term, there's more upside than downside. And from the perspective of the S&P 500, 4,000 is a value that long-term still represents a very good valuation based on forward earnings. Now, before I get into forward earnings and earnings estimates, let me just really quickly mention, as I covered a couple episodes ago, the market is trading in a range, and to the extent that it stays within certain support and resistance levels, that's healthy and good for the overall direction of the stock market. Right now, the market's struggling to stay in that first level of resistance, and that's defined as somewhere around 38.50 or 39.50 on the S&P 500. If it breaks out from there, it's going to struggle again when it gets into that 4,000 or 4,100 level. If it doesn't break out and it starts to fail where it's at, that's okay too. It's very likely they could go back and test the intraday lows that we saw on June 17th, that put it at about 36.36, and getting down at or near that level would not be considered out of the ordinary. So just because the market can't get above, say, 3,800, that's no reason to wring your hands or wet to bed. Just wait and see what happens. See what support levels do play out and come into effect. Regardless of how low the market drops, Remember, this day-to-day volatility is all based on fear and greed. Long-term, markets are determined by valuations, and that's all totally dependent on corporate earnings. And as I just previously stated, 4000 on the S&P 500 is well within what could be expected based on future earnings. Now, as far as corporate earnings, that's what you're going to see coming out over the next few weeks. The second quarter earnings are going to be announced 
I'm sure there'll be some headline-grabbing news about companies that have to reduce forward guidance or companies that didn't make as much as they said they would be. And I would also suspect that most of those type companies are going to be in the products side of the economy versus the services. Remember, we had all kinds of pull through and pull forward from the pandemic. Part of this transition is getting past over ordering on products as consumers spend more of their discretionary income on services, which they were prohibited in doing over the past couple years. So to the extent that there are lackluster earnings for the second quarter or lackluster revenue growth, don't focus on just one sector of the economy or one or two high-level companies. Look at the overall performance of the market. The other thing to watch for in the coming weeks is to listen to what corporations say about future profits. And even with that, you have to be careful because remember, CEOs are going to sandbag as they always do. It's just like a salesman. If you ask him what his quota should be set at, he's always going to sandbag and give you a lower number than what he thinks he can hit. Likewise, CEOs always sandbag their earnings estimates. And this is not just me talking. You know that that's true because there's always an extraordinary percentage of companies that beat their earnings estimates. That wouldn't happen if CEOs didn't sandbag. One final thing to keep in mind, and this is regardless of how second quarter earnings come out and what they project for third and fourth quarter. The bottom line, despite all the negative headlines, the fact that the media is obsessed that we're either in a recession or a recession is imminent, what you need to know is that the economy is continuing to expand. The PMI, that's a purchasing manager index, for June came in at 52 for the manufacturing side of the economy and 54 for the service sector. Anything above 50 is expansionary. And once again, we're seeing the dichotomy here between products and services. Services are growing at a faster rate, and that's exactly what we expect as we transition out of the pandemic, and it's the whole theory behind the reopening portfolio. So you're going to see all kinds of negative reports about how PMI is declining. While that's true, Keep in mind that we're above 50, and it's still indicative of an expanding economy. One final thought as it relates to the PMI is that supply chains continue to be an issue. We're seeing this even with the hospital side of the service sector, where the contrast medium that's used for CT scans is in short supply because of the COVID shutdowns in Shanghai. That's causing CT scans to either be postponed or another form of like an MRI used in place of the CT scan. So supply chain issues continue to be a real and present danger. They will work themselves out long term, though. One other fact that I found interesting in the PMI hospital side of the equation is that we are seeing a return of elective medical procedures. There's a huge pent up demand for things that needed to be done that haven't been done over the past two years, evidence that we're coming out of this pandemic, moving to a more normal and rationalized economy, and the companies that provide those type specific services, whether it be elective medical procedures or travel or hospitality or any of the other in-person type services, I think they still have room to grow despite what you hear about inflation or declining consumer spending, or the potential for a recession. Well, hey, as always, that's just my opinion. Come on back for future episodes 
Let's see how it all works out. Until then, as always, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.